Many people spend their entire life searching after objects of power. Things like money, titles, possessions, positions. But however, there is a power above all else. And this power requires walking in humility and surrendering to El Elyon or the Lord Most High. So today, that's what I'm going to be talking about. El Elyon, which is a name of God, which means the Lord Most High. He is the highest authority, the highest power, the highest being in existence is God, El Elyon. And we can see this throughout the Bible so many times. It talks about the Lord God, our Most High. We can see an example in Psalms 83, 18 where it says that they may know that you, whose name alone is Lord, are the most high over all the earth. So he's the most high over everything in, in, in existence, the entire earth. Daniel 4, 17, it says, This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand of the word of the holy ones, in order that the living may know that the Most High rules over the kingdom of men and gives to it whomever he wills and sets up over it the basest of men. So what is this passage saying? It's saying that God is the Most High. He wants everyone, all the living, to know that he is the Most High over what? over all the kingdoms of men. So sometimes but it doesn't matter who's in office, it doesn't matter you know, what positions of authority individuals have in different areas of the government, in different areas of legislative, because when it comes down to it, God is still the most high. He is still over all. He is still the highest authority. He is still the highest power. And we've got to remind ourselves and keep that before us and understand that God is El Elyon. You know, Psalms 47, 2, it says the Lord most high is awesome. He is the great king over all the earth. Deuteronomy 10, 17, it says for the Lord your God is the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, the awesome God, and who is not partial and takes no bribe. So he is the highest of the high. He's the highest king. He's the highest God. He's the highest Lord. He's the highest level of authority. And we've got to make sure that we understand that for two main reasons. There's two main reasons it's so important to understand that God is El Elyon, the most high. The one of them is that we can remain humble as we go through life, humble to receive correction, humble to obey his instructions, humble to walk out his word, humble to remind ourselves that we are his servants Humble enough that when we go to him, you know, we, we can ask for repentance. We can live righteously. We can live that will, in a way that will please him because we remember that he is El Elyon. He is the most high. And I need to make sure that I am humble before him so that I can learn from him. I can follow him. I can listen to his instructions. I can obey his voice. When I come into heaven, I will hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant servant. That is a position of humility. So we understand who he is as El Elyon. We are able to have humility and walk in humility in our life. And it helps protect us from getting prideful and keeping a haughty attitude. 
The second important thing in understanding why God is El Elyon is because it's also a source of encouragement. Because when we know who our God is, when we know that he is the highest power, that he will always have the final say, that it doesn't matter what's going on, who's in positions of authority, anything in our life, that we can rely on him, seek after him, follow him, and he will deliver us from every situation. So that's a form of encouragement. And I want to get into this, you know, starting off with the first one and understanding humility and why it's so important that we remain humble before God. Genesis 14, 18 through 23 is a great example of showing this humility when we look at Abraham. So in Genesis 14, 18, it says, And Melchizedek, the king of Salem, Salem brought out bread and wine. He was the high priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by the God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. So what's going on in this passage? Well, let me explain it to you. So what happens is Abraham's nephew ended up being kidnapped by a kingdom because this kingdom invaded Sodom and Gomorrah and they plundered the whole the whole city, took everything, took the possessions, took all the people and everything. And Lot, his nephew, was one of the individuals that were, were was taken in this this uh, raid. So Abraham leaves to go get his his uh, nephew back. So he goes, he defeats the kingdom, gets everything back, all the possessions, all the people, all the gold, everything they took. He, he, he was he, and he was returning from this event that happened. And when he was returning, he goes and meets with the high priest. That's Melchizedek. So this is Melchizedek, you know, praising God and reminding Abraham that it was God the Most High who blessed him. It was God the Most High who enabled him to conquer these people. It was God the Most High that allowed him to get his nephew back. So he was reminding Abraham who God was. So Abraham wouldn't get puffed up in pride and say, look what I did. You know, I I got all these people back. I'm this wealthy individual. I've, I have all these possessions now. None of that stuff. He was reminding him, hey, look, this is God the Most High who did this for you. And Abraham listened because he was a very humble man. And it says, then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. And the king of Sodom said to Abraham, give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself. So the king of Sodom, that was the king whose city was, was lost. So he, he lost all everything, all his people, all his possessions, all his gold. So he's coming to Abraham and saying, hey, look, you know, keep, get, at least give me back the people that were taken. He said, you can keep all the possessions, you can keep the gold, you can keep the wealth, but just, just give me at least the people back. He's kind of like begging Abraham at this point because he realized he had no authority, he had nothing. So this is Abraham, his response to the king. And he said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted my hand to the Lord God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and that I will take nothing that is yours, not a thread or sandal strap, lest you say that I have made Abram rich. So what is Abram doing in this situation? He's keeping God first. He's reminded he is El Elyon. And he said, look, I'm not going to receive anything from you, not even a sandal strap. 
because you are not going to be able to say that you made me rich because it's only going to be my God. What is that showing? That's showing humility. He says, God's the one who gets the glory. God's the one who delivered these people into, into my hands. God's the one who returned my nephew. And God's gonna be the one who's going to provide for me, not you, not you, know, not you saying you gave all these possessions to me or anyone else, but only God. And even when he did that, he said he honored God because Abram gave a tenth of everything that he had gotten from, from plundering this kingdom. He gave a tenth. He took a tenth of all the wealth and possessions and gave it to Melchizedek or the priest of God. Why? Because he was honoring God. He was keeping God first. He was walking in humility. Another example, and this is a good one for warning against pride, for warning against, you know, forgetting that God is the Almighty, that God is the Lord Most High. And this happened in Daniel when you look at Nebuchadnezzar, because Nebuchadnezzar at this time was the king of Babylon. And in and, and this specific time period, Babylon was very wealthy. It was a very powerful kingdom. You know, they had conquered the Israelites and taken over. They had a lot of gold. And, and it describes, you know, this kingdom as being one of the greatest on the earth for that time period in the Bible. So what happened was that King Nebuchadnezzar got very prideful in what his kingdom had become. And we can see an example of this in Daniel 4, chapter 28. It says, all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of the 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. And the king spoke saying, is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling and my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty. So who is King Nebuchadnezzar exalting himself? He's looking at Babylon. He's looking at the wealth of Babylon. And he says, look at this great kingdom that I established, that I did, that I made. And it's all about himself. He didn't give any acknowledgement to God. He didn't give any honor to God because he forgot that he was El Elyon, the most high, the most high. And in Nebuchadnezzar's mind, he was the most high. And what ended up happening to him? It says, while the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. It says, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you and they shall drive you from men and your dwelling shall be within the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen and seven times shall pass over you until you know the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives to it whomever he chooses. So what was God doing? He was humbling Nebuchadnezzar because you're going to eat the field of the, the grass. You're going to act like an animal for seven years years, seven times, seven years, until you remember who the Most High is. So I'm speaking to you guys today so that you can remember who the Most High is. So you can check yourself and say, am I lifting up my ideas? Am I becoming prideful? Am I doing things, you know, that are uplifting myself and forgetting who the Most High truly is? And that the very hour the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar, he was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me and I blessed the Most High and praised and honor him who lives forever. 
So we can see a huge change in Nebuchadnezzar's personality after God had humbled him. But, you know, I want to encourage you guys today to don't don't be like Nebuchadnezzar. You know, take this example in the Bible and learn from it and say, hey, you know, this man got too prideful. This man thought too much of himself, of what he thought he had done. You know, because when we understand that through all things like Abraham, and said, God's the one who did this for you. So remember him as most high and don't take credit for things. Don't don't think, oh, I'm such a great person or I did this or I helped these people or I'm I'm good at whatever, whatever. I'm the smartest individual. You know, any of these things or I know better than such and such or all of that stuff is examples of pride. We need to make sure that we remember that God is the highest authority so we can stay humble in our lives. You know, Isaiah 50, 55, 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So even when it comes to our daily life, what we think, how we perceive things, what we think we may know, we may actually be totally wrong in. <laughs> that's where we have to have humility to receive correction and to say, you know what? I was wrong. I didn't understand this passage. I thought I understand what the Bible was saying about this, but I missed it here. Or I may not have actually understood this, this area. And we need to make sure we come humbly, you know, and say, you know what? Lord, teach me, show me better your ways. And we can understand when we can receive his correction, because as it says, his ways are higher than our ways. You know, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And that's that's one thing, you know, we've got to come and understand that we so we can approach the word of God humbly. Because a lot of times when people go to read the word of God, you know, they're trying to go to prove a point like, well, I got to prove this and this and this and this. Or they're trying to justify themselves and their actions and they'll take things out of context or they'll take one thing that may sound good. But then if you put it in with the entirety of the Bible, you're like, hey, something's a little off here. Like, that's not quite right. You're missing something. And sometimes people will try to just tear apart the Bible and say, well, I agree with this part of the Bible, but I don't agree with this part of the Bible or this this isn't right. So, you know, I don't like what Paul says or I don't like what Noah said or I don't like what Job said or I don't like what this such and such book of the Bible said. So I'm just not going to listen to that or I'm not going to I'm not going to learn from that. When you begin to do that, you're basically saying that you are higher than God, that you thought your thought process, what you think is higher and better than the word of God. And that's a scary place to be. That's a very, 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 very scary place to be. Because the moment you start to think that way is the moment you get left lost in deception. You get lost in your own ideals. And inevitably, you're going to fall into sin and be taken out because that's what sin does. It steals it kills and destroys. So I want to encourage you today and, you know, tell you to avoid that type of thinking. Or if you notice somebody who's speaking things like that, who's speaking like, well, I don't really agree with Mark or I don't think this is a good, good chapter. So I don't want to I don't want to acknowledge that it could be wrong or I don't think this is, you know, anything like that. Avoid them. Run. Get out of there. Because you don't want to fall into deception and you don't want to begin coming to a location where you doubt the word of God. Because trust me, if anything in your life is going to be stable, it's going to be the word of God. It's going to be the Bible. It's been around long before you've been around. It's going to be around long after you're gone. 
It's lasted generations upon generations. Kingdoms have fallen. Cities have fallen. Philosophies have changed. Science has changed. But the word of God has proven and proven and proven itself again throughout the course of history that is reliable, that it is a truth, and that we can learn from it if we are willing to humble ourselves and approach it with humility and say, God, I know your ways are higher than my ways. You are El Elyon. So teach me the truth so I can humbly accept the truth and walk it out in my life in obedience to you. That's what we need to do. That's how we approach the things of God. And the next thing I want to get into is encouragement. When we know that God is El Elyon, that he is the most high, it is a source of encouragement for us who believe and know who he is. Ephesians 1.19, it says, so 1.19 through 23. So Ephesians 1.19, it says, And what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power? which is he performed in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in which is to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all things in all ways." So what's it saying? It's saying that God is over all things. He is the highest name. His name is above all principalities, every power, every might, every dominion, every name that is named. God is higher than that. He has power exceeds that because he is El Elyon, the most high. And not only that, but it says he's the head of all things, over all things, over the earth, over governments, over the church, his body. He should be our head. He should be the one we listen to, the one we serve, the one we seek after. And we can know that when we understand that, that there is nothing greater, there is nothing stronger, there is nothing more powerful than our God who is on our side. How is that not a form of encouragement? You know, there's no sickness, disease, because we know sicknesses and diseases have names. Well, God's name is even stronger than that sickness or disease. You know, whatever comes against you, depression, God's name is higher than depression. You know, we need to understand that and that in every situation in our life, God always has the final say. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what doctors say, what your friends say. You know, anything around you, you can say, well, God has the final say in my life. His word has the final say in my life. So we can stand in victory and we can encourage ourselves in the word and who God is. You know, 2 Kings 12, it says, Then one of his servants said, No one, my Lord, O King Elijah, the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So what's going on? There's this war between Israel and another nation. And Elijah, since he's a prophet of God, is getting inside information, <laughs> so to say, that he's delivering to the armies and, you know, warning people about the kings and stuff like that. And the king's getting, he's getting mad. He's like, he's telling people all this stuff. He's telling these secret things that are only supposed to be in my bedchambers. He's letting everybody know. And he said, go and see where he is so that I may send for him and take him. So this king is trying to stop Elijah because he's like, if he keeps leaking all this information, we're never going to be able to do anything. We won't be able to win this war, all this kind of stuff. So and it was told to him. 
He is in Dothan. So he went with horses, chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. That's a big army. If you think about it, a huge army to surround an entire city. You know, he didn't just come to the front gates or the east gates. No, it said the army surrounded the whole city that night. That's a big army. And when a servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, a source, a force surrounded the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, what will we do? So his servant sees this huge army coming for Elijah and he's freaking out. He's like, what are we going to do? Like, this is so many people. We can't fight him. It's just me and you. Like, what's going to happen? And he said, this is Elijah responding to his servant. Do not be afraid for there are more with us than with them. Then Elijah prayed, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw that the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elijah. So when we understand who our God is, that he is the Lord most high, it doesn't matter what forces come against us, let it be man or beast, what situation may rise against you in your life, you can say, no, I am a child of the most high God. I am his child and he will protect me. There's more on my side with me than with them. There's more power on my side with me than with them. There's more authority on my side with me than with them because I serve the Lord most high. And we remind ourselves that, that we can overcome any situation in our life. We don't have to worry about getting stuck in fear. We don't have to worry about getting stuck in worry or, or any of that kind of stuff because we can know who our God is. And the last point I want to hit on is to understand that God is the most high. But is he the most high in your life? Is he number one in our life? You know, Exodus 23, it says, you shall have no other gods before me. So that's what I want to leave you guys, you know, on today is saying, okay, God is most high, but is he the most high authority in my life or am I putting other things above him? My own opinions, my situations, my circumstances, you know, what experiences in life that I've had that's made me question the truth of the word of God or anything like that. You know, or if you, you have things that you, you put as a priority over God. So rather than coming to church, you want to stay home and watch sports games or rather than, you know, serving after God and doing, you know, obeying his commandments. You want to follow your own desires. So make sure that he's number one in your life. You know, A.W. Tozer, Towser posed four questions that we should all ask ourselves. And that's what I want to leave you guys on today. These four questions to think over, reflect over and make adjustments in your life if you need to. And really, really think over. Don't just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, <laughs> brush it by your head, but do some real deep self-reflection. And what do we value most in your life? What is the most thing? What's the most valuable thing to you? Question number two, what would we most hate to lose? What's something you feel like I could not live without this item or this thing or this person or whatever it is? What do our thoughts turn to most frequently when we are free to think of what we will? And lastly, what affords us the greatest pleasure? So when we look at those four questions, really think about them and reflect on yourself and say, hey, you know, I need to make some adjustments here. I need to readjust some things to make sure God is most high in my life. You know, and just as Jesus prayed in the garden, 
before he died. He said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Let us live that lifestyle where it says, God, you are the most high authority. It doesn't matter what I want. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. It doesn't matter how I feel, but let your will be done in my life because I want to serve you as the supreme authority, as the highest of the high, as the highest power, as El Elyon. Again, thank you so much for listening today and God bless you.